The following program is an abridged audio version of the streaming video talk show, A Wonderful Chaos. The hosts are Andy Chaliff and Bambos Dimitriou. The format is entirely casual, unscripted conversation. If you'd like to watch a live taping or participate with your comments in real time, subscribe to A Wonderful Chaos on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or Twitch. And I made that agreement also with myself in that first darkness retreat. Anytime when I feel myself moving from survival or the need to control or that fear, stop whatever I'm doing. I don't care what I'm doing, just stop and make space for that. For me, it really helps to welcome that that emotion or that energy to move through my body. And then it, it just opens in another layer of space. And naturally it pulls in something that I was actually longing for. It's a wonderful chaos, beautifully random, messy and glorious. Solo or tandem? We work to find rest, we fight to find peace, both head and the heart. Like a nephew and beast. What are we doing here? You mean listening to this show? Where the more that you learn is the less that you know. Where the wounded are healers. And the atheists pray? It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. Welcome. Today we're on Bombos with your dear friend Nicole Casteros. Casteros. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it because there's a U R or U S at the end, not an E S at the end. It's so hard for yeah. me to pronounce rolling R's. I hate rolling R's. Casteros. And we're going to talk to her about a very fun topic: is how she began to fall in love with money. I feel very touched uh, to have her on our show. She's like, from what I know from her, she's really busy, first of all, uh-huh. now that she's famous. I, I actually looked onto her Facebook and then I went to her link tree to see what I'm going to say about her. Okay. And then I realized I, I don't want to do that. Like uh-huh. if I just speak from how it feels to have Nicole in my life, the one word is there's a pure humility loving relationship and i and i see that in her in how she steps out into the world and yeah that's why i also feel excited to have her with us yeah because it's also the kind of energy i like surrounding myself as you know how energy and having people around you is quite important and she is someone that really follows her intuition i remembered her in the netherlands when we first met she had just shaved her head she mm-hmm. shared that she ended a toxic relationship. She went, uh, and she can correct me if I'm right about everything that I'm saying. Yeah. And she was on her way to India afterwards, and she was going into like uh, darkness retreats, and she she kind of really went into places around the world, also into the Amazon, where she would cut herself from the rest of the world and go in and go in. Uh, there, there was never, I never saw moments on social media where you know. I'm in Bali and I'm doing this. It, yeah. it was, it, her sharings were always really grounded. Uh-huh. So in a way, where she is right now in her life is not a surprise. It's a consequence. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. When I called, before we got on, I did my quick talks and, uh, and I said, you know, I asked her, hey, um, preparing for the, for the show, you know, can we discuss like how much money you're making? You know, and it was really sweet. Like I saw this full 
embodied comfort with sure like with no no not even a second thought like i got to be conscious maybe someone thinks i'm making too much money maybe someone thinks i should be making more money whatever the stories are it was like there was no even a second thought given to that and i just thought that was just so so sweet yeah yeah Hmm. i mean what i thought was also cool about her story is there's two sides to it because i think uh i also love that you're not detached from her story because you also have been trying to you know create your own business so seeing how successful she had 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 gotten also triggered you in yeah. our and we discussed, which I thought was fantastic, just owning that Jesus, I'm working my ass off and I'm not, you know, and I thought that was really wonderful as well. Uh, I actually messaged her that I uh, I saw her her talk and I really felt triggered, and there was mm. a space in me where which I don't remember how I, f- I rephrased it, but I remember I fully owned it and I celebrated her in that in that moment so it's it's a really fine line especially uh, in the moments when i am turning off my social media uh, in the moment where i uh, saw her post i was struggling yeah yeah and then someone says look at me six figures in a year <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Woo, look at me you know like exactly what they should be doing celebrating it right and now uh and now it's just so hard to revel in it because you're not feeling that abundance in your own life um and 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 to get to that you know it was uh it was less than a year ago that she was basically living paycheck to paycheck she'd make enough money to travel to have a little time here a little time there and then she'd come back earn some money. And, and uh, w- what I thought was really beautiful is that it, just under a year ago, she just got into a space where she's earned in less than a year over a six-figure salary. And, uh, and I just think it's fantastic to be in this world where you're like, one point I'm living paycheck to paycheck, and the next I'm basically making more money than I ever imagined myself, uh, you know, possibly or not. We'll see that when we speak, but just that, that, that transition, I think is just, just, just brilliant. And, 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 and the fact that she was allowing us to talk, to bring this, the subject, because as you know, when someone makes that money, they want to talk about the way they made the money in order to like sell more of what they're making money with. So the fact that Nicole said that actually I'm ready to allow you to engage another topic. I always find that really, really beautiful when people are free enough to say, hey, I'll talk about anything that feels like it's uh, ripe and interesting. Mm. So, yeah. Nice. Cool. So I think it's great to bring her on. So thanks I, for being with us, Nicole. Thank you. I want yeah. to open up with the first question. How does it feel to be rich, Nicole? Yeah, like before I answered <laughs> it, I just noticed as you were introducing me, I was like, I went through so many emotions already. I was like, oh, oh. feeling really shy and... <laughs> other moments feeling really touched and yeah it was really nice to be introduced in such a an extended version what came up for you what came up for me uh, like i i don't even remember there's so many things passing by but one of the things that stayed with me was when you said that i feel so open to share about numbers of how much i'm making Mm. and i think the reason why i feel so open about that is because Uh, a year ago, I wouldn't be able to understand how to make that amount of money. I would be like, how do people do that? You know? And I think it can be really helpful just to be open about that and share. I think when you demystify something, all of a sudden it becomes something other people understand and it makes sense. Yes. Yeah. 
For sure. Yeah. When I work yeah. with someone, by the way, Nicole, like the first thing I'll do with somebody that's try to make money. And then uh, like the first thing I'll say is, okay, how much do you make and how much do you spend? Like we start with your very simple math, like, like, and then we move, but you need to understand yourself first. So I hear that, that that's how it is for you right now. Uh, yeah. So I think. I don't even know what to share, but you asked me, how does it feel to be rich? Do yes. How does it feel there? to be rich, Nicole? I'm sorry <laughs> to jump back to the fun. Yeah. Well, I like, I like the part what Bumbo said about it being a consequence, because I think I, I started with feeling very rich in myself, mm-hmm. like very, and it might sound a bit cliche, but it is actually true, you know, like at, since 2016. And when I met Bombos was actually the start of all these big shifts in my life. Cause that retreat where we met in was, was the retreat where I shaved my head. I ended my relationship. I, I gave away all my things. I quit my job, just everything. I shedded my whole life. And I think that was the point where I really went into a journey even deeper inside, just offering everything back to life and see what was the new life that wanted to emerge from that. And yeah, going from dieting with the Yawanawa tribe in the Amazon to going to to darkness retreats to so many things, so many beautiful experiences that that had me connect to a lot of abundance and richness just in who I am. Mm. The funny thing is anyone watching might want to start following that journey as if that would actually bring them. And I think the way I know you, you're very, um, there's an intent in how you live. There was an intention. You didn't just go there. Yeah. So I I just Mm -hmm. want to make sure that there is a formula there, but it's contextual. Yeah, I think that the first place where I always move from or as much as I can in each moment is to to allow a deeper guidance to guide me in, in a direction where I can get to know myself deeper as love, as abundance, as freedom. And that's my number one. And all the other things are yeah. a beautiful extra in that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I ha- for sure. I, ha- I had a call with someone yesterday and uh, and I said, yeah. And he said, well, you know, he's trying to get logical answers from me. And I said, yeah, well, I mean, I see the heart of it is love. And when I move from love, everything makes sense. And then it just kind of creates and it and it reinforces itself. And I could see the person I was talking to needed such a direct answer that that was inadequate. Mm. And it was <laughs> it was funny. I was like, oh, yeah, I forget. You need to think that there's a formula in order to be at peace as opposed to just allow the love to guide you. And then you'll find something special that you can't even imagine ahead of time. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, I also met myself in moments where I was striving or when I was holding back many times and still I can find myself there. So it's not that I'm all the time moving from love and everything is perfect, but definitely have my, my, yeah, my waves of leaning out and going into a pushing or leaning back and holding back for sure as well. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. I'd love to go back to that point because the, the, it would be, uh, it, it would be almost uh, arrogant for one not to, to live the way you just described. It would be presuming that you've got so much control over your system that there isn't sort of an ebb and a flow of emotion. But what, uh, what I see in you just from being in this short time is at the center of it, there's love guiding it. And mm. so even if it, even if it pulls you away to get, 
determined. I'm going to get to that outcome. I want to do this. Like, I don't see you as somebody getting so lost that you lose yourself in that. And that's kind mm. of what I'm, what I'm, what I, mm-hmm. what I'm seeing, I believe to see at least. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think what you had with your body being like the last piece of maybe you didn't give so much attention to that. I had that with money. I didn't give so much attention to that. You know, it was just like, yeah, it was there. And hopefully it was there enough for the things I wanted to do. And and that was it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'd love to ask around that exact point. When did it change? Like, I know it was a progressive usually, but give me like a moment when something shifted that was fundamental that you said, shit, this is something that is going to allow a lot more in my life. Like, what was that point for you? Mm, there's two points that come up. Uh, one point is in 2015, I got a herniated disc in my lower back and I couldn't do my job as a social worker anymore because at that point I was still working in a side job to cover my base costs for my rent and so that I don't have to put pressure on my business. And um, I just didn't dare to let go of those final two days, you know, but my herniated disc kind of pushed me over the edge because I could no longer lift the children in my job and I had to let go of my job, but I could still stand to work with my groups. So that was the last push I needed to let go of that sense of safety of a job uh, because I wasn't going to do it by myself. I was too scared to make that leap. Yeah, so that was one. Yeah, that was one really significant moment that was really, really scary for me as well. Yeah, but very important because that was the beginning of a big, big change. Yeah, isn't it, isn't it amazing in life how that works? Like, there's, yes. there, I, I always <laughs> love those Buddhist sort of journeys where, like, you, the worst thing that you thought could happen, it then becomes the best thing that could happen, and then that becomes then the yes. worst thing. You know, like it's almost like the journey is not you can't write the narrative till after the story has been done, right? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And what was the second point? Yeah, the second point was actually right after that retreat. No, that was not the second point. That was just another point. So the second point was one year ago. That was the biggest point where I decided, okay, now I am going to bring focus into money. Now I am going to dare to raise my prices. Now I am going to, you know, really like set my intention into making more money. That was, I think, the second biggest shift. And there are many in between, but those two. Feel and when like you, the, the and, biggest one. And when you did that, that a new price tag, tell me how you felt the moment you upped the prices. Like, what was the feeling you had then? Yeah, I had a coach, so she she really helped me, you know, because I don't know if I could have done it by myself, if I would have been courageous enough. But um, it felt really scary because I thought, oh, maybe I'm going to lose now my clients and they're used to certain prices of me. And I wasn't sure. But the beautiful thing was the moment I set my mentorships and I set the new prices, that same week, five women reached out to me and I sold my first five packages without even posting or emailing or doing any form of promotion. Yeah. yeah. I've often found the the humor of it is, um, and, and, and this has always been, I would almost say my narrative to this, is that once you believe trust and feel like you're delivering value at that price the world meets you there 
but you really have to feel completely embodied in that in that pricing. So I, I always talk about how when I started my work, it was like 120, I was like 75 an hour. I'm like, oh my God, that's so much money. Who can afford that? And I know these people, they don't make that much. I'm telling all the story. And then I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna go up to 125. And it's like, oh, 125, it's still, and, and you know, now it'll go up to sort of 500 uh, an hour or more in some cases. So it's interesting because now, like mentally, I see that the money is not really a thing in my head of, oh, I'm only worth so much or they can only afford so much. And, uh, and that's a weird thing to explain to somebody because you, you have to almost do that process on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that, that way, I feel we also grow into our prices. Yeah. It's like a constant leaning into my edge and then becoming more comfortable there. And then again, leaning into my edge and becoming more comfortable there. What yeah. would be, what, what's the price you're uncomfortable offering at the moment? What I'm of the things I'm offering already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the things you're offering already, yeah, or anything what, new. What, for... I'm, what I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, what would you be uncomfortable offering at this moment? Yeah, I think my edge will be somewhere between above fifteen thousand. Above fifteen thousand for what? For your course? For my for my year mentorship. Oh, nice! I love yes. that. Anything <laughs> above that feels very edgy. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm really loving Andy. I can I can feel how how much fun he's having with this conversation. Um, I see. <laughs> by the way, Bambos, I just want to tell you something. I love these moments in our, all of our shows because Bambos is tracking me very high energy, having a lot of fun, and then he's like, "But I would like to get to more deeper, sentimental." Oh, on it. not even. Not <laughs> no, no, even that. Oh, not sometimes. Even that. Sorry. Okay, uh, Nicole, um, when you when you decide to step up and, and this is the value that I'm offering, how many clients, I don't want to use the word lose, but just for the sake of understanding, how many clients moved away? How many clients came, came in fresh? And how much time did you create for yourself in terms of freedom? Did you create freedom in terms of time? Mm, yeah. So about the moving away, I don't know. I, I I didn't notice it at least maybe uh-huh. some moved away, but I didn't notice it because a lot of the women that stepped into my mentorships were actually women that were already journeying with me for quite a while. And they were actually really excited about that next, next step that they could make with me or the next process to dive into together. Mm. Um, new ones coming in. Yeah, some. I do feel one of my challenges is to really, like, I feel my audience expands quite slowly, but the audience that is there is usually very, like, loyal, very wanting to repeat things or doing several offers Mm -hmm. with me. And, yeah, but I do feel there is an edge for me to really, yeah, to there is a longing here to expand there as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way you And the third question. By the way. Just, I, I, when you talk, I just feel so much love. I just want to share because <laughs> as you talk about it, it's almost so it's I, I get excited for you in the journey and I don't see any constraint in it. It's almost like you're laughing and loving the constraints, which I just love to be with. I find that to be so uh, fun. <laughs> and, just, and just to give context, uh, we, we have had some financial gurus come onto the show and you can always mm. feel the um not really showing themselves and kind of wanting to sell something 
but not really saying it. So you always feel, you feel that there's an undercurrent energy. And with you, I'm just sitting here relaxed. I'm sitting on my couch. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's Nicole. <laughs> yeah. But we so, probably wouldn't Nicole. do the show with, with most people because we'd say, oh, my God, by bringing them on, they're going to be self-promoting whatever it is. And we're going to have to listen to why you should take this course and then earn a six-figure salary yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Nicole. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, uh, I want to come I'm, back to that one question, though. Do you want to hear the answer or, or not? You, because the third question, I think, was really important one. Did I have did I create more freedom for myself? And the answer is no. Mm. So this is a process where I'm in right now, actually. Uh, since January, I hired an assistant and I'm having another assistant set up now. And I'm I am like in the process of creating that freedom again for myself, because I did find myself in a few months where I felt trapped in my business. I was like, shit, I'm making lots more money now, but I'm also working a lot now because all my offers are dependent on my presence. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I'm in the process now of, of recreating freedom in that again, which is really, really important for me actually. Wonderful. Yeah. I, I love that. That was the question I wanted to ask you as well. I was very keen on in making more money, were you stuck in terms of working more? And obviously from your answer, that's that's been the case. I was, yeah, yeah. I was. And I love my work, you know, I love doing lots yeah. of it, but I also love freedom. And I do have some friends that really inspire me that, that created their businesses, seven-figure business in a way that they are really free. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah, my intention is going in that direction now. Isn't it nice to see this sort of healthy relationship with money? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the, uh, what would be the, sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I know that Nicole's partner is a photographer also as myself. And I was wondering how did it impact, if anything, the relationship in the dynamics Mm, that I started to make more money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think like for me, like the moment where my business started to really expand was around the same time that the uh, lockdown started to happen. And for my partner, the complete opposite happened because he works in the dance industry and the whole dance industry collapsed. Wow. So we had a very opposite uh, movement with our, with our businesses and he, well, he has been very impacted by his own work collapsing and he's been going through a very, very big rebirth of his own work in a new direction the last year or so. Um, but he has been very, very supportive towards me the whole time, actually. I was feeling sometimes uncomfortable, like, are you okay? How are, how are you feeling? How is this impacting you? And he has been really, really supportive. So I think he, he had his own impact in his own journey, but never projected that uh, towards me. So you, yeah. you, can, you can celebrate the earning with him and not feel like he's being diminished in any way. I, well, I had my own challenge in that. I can now, but in the beginning, I did feel moments where I felt like, oh, uh, where I felt a bit shy or a bit like holding back to do that. But when I noticed that he was actually fine, uh, yeah, I felt totally fine with doing that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel it actually created also some space for him to recreate his business without it being too pressured. And now his, his business is also kicking off 
especially in the last weeks, actually, where he's launching his first new offer and the men are signing up. And, you know, I can see that through me earning enough money to have that as a backup also for him, it gave him the relaxation to create without pressure as well. Even though he would put pressure on himself sometimes, it mm -hmm. does. It did give a certain safety net there, I feel. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, can, I, can't, I can't imagine being around your energy and the example you're living without it also rubbing off on him as well. Mm. I just yeah. see that in my life. People that it's almost I'll, I'll often say like there's this vibration an individual gives off. And if you spend a little bit more time with that vibration, it sort of wears it wears on you and you start feeling, oh, that's how it feels when you live like that. And then mm -hmm. sort of is almost like through osmosis, you begin to do more and more of the things that lead you in that direction or the opposite, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It also really helped me to surround myself more with with I have a group of women around me now that are all making six six figures, seven yeah. figures. And it's really beautiful to just have them around and to being able to check in with each other and talk about things we we feel challenged by or grateful with. And yeah. Yeah. So you, you bring me to my next question, Nicole. Mm -hmm. I know that you're working exclusively with women. And, and what is it about working with women and, and getting them to that point? And why do you uh, not work with men? Yeah, I actually have one man in my one-on-one -on -one mentorships. Uh, and it's not that I decided like, oh, I don't want to work with men. It's just that I noticed that 90 or 98% of the people that came to me were women. So I think women chose me instead of me saying, oh, I want to work only with women. Um, do, do, do I feel very feel, open to work with men in my one-on-ones. Do, do, <laughs> do, you, do you feel a difference in... Uh, how men go about to get money and how women go about to get money? Like what, what will be the thing mm. that you feel? And I'm saying, I'm using the word feel consciously by the way, because I know that's where you come from. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I have an answer for that, to be honest, because I, my groups are all women. I have one man in my mentorship, but I, I don't know, to be honest. Hmm. I don't know. <sighs> Yeah, I'd like to go back to another uh, thing that you mentioned that we didn't dig into, which was you said you're having groups of women that are all sort of in the same earning range as you are at the moment. And uh, mm -hmm. my, my curiosity is, have you found the individuals you're spending time with are different now than they were when you weren't earning that much money? Or is it basically the same people before and after? You mean my like my friends and yeah, the people yeah. I hang out with? Yeah. I do feel there is a, has been a lot of change in the last years. Yeah, a lot of change, and I don't think it necessarily had to do with money. Maybe it's included in this as in that as well. But I think it had to do with just me changing so much in my interests and the way I want to live my life. That's with some friends, it just. We just grew apart, you know, there is just a different lifestyle, different interest, different things we find important. And yeah, there's a natural moving out of many people in my life, which also brought me in a lot of grief, to be honest, a lot so. of sadness. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I was curious, because I often find when people make the kind of step that you've made, 
it's often also some of how a requirement to change the people that you spend time around because in some mm-hmm. weird way there's a belief system often in a group like like oh uh, i can imagine i tell you a friend like really you're going to charge that much for a course Nicole, that's too much. You know what I mean? Like there's like five people around you. And imagine if that's the energy you're with. It's really hard to build in that limited mindset that you're surrounding yourself with. That's what I've found mm. often. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think, I think for me, it wasn't about like deleting people out of my life. I think just by me evolving and changing in who I am now, naturally, some people were moving out of my life and, and some people came in. So I don't feel it was an active choosing of me because I feel some of the friends that moved out of my life, I, I love them very deeply still, you know, and I love to to see them when I still do. Um, but there's just that natural resonance is has changed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would have thought as well, by the way. The implication wasn't that you shove them out. It's more like no. there's a natural progression that what I've seen is as people evolve, there's a certain energy that they connect more to. And then the vibration, as it were, kind of finds the right people or the right, the people that are most suitable yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. And the same for them as well. You know, they yeah. also evolved just in a different direction and mm. meeting their other people in that direction. Yeah. Some some other interesting questions. Um, a lot of times, like uh, the hangups with money, do you feel like you still have hangups with money? What's another word for hangup? Oh, like, like uh, challenge? Uh, not, not in the making money, but just issues around money. Like, uh, like things that come up where you say, Oh, that I'm still not comfortable when it comes to that in regards to money. Mm, yeah. I think sometimes my body didn't fully realize yet that I can relax now. So I noticed, like, for me, it's always like, I share this example very often when I was in my first 12 days and nights in complete darkness in Mexico by myself. Somewhere halfway down the retreat, I was in such a big unwinding of survival and control mechanisms in my body. And I remember this moment where there was this muscle in my, it sounds a bit funny, but it was a very powerful moment, this muscle in my butt suddenly just relaxing. And I could just feel that that had been contracted for so many, many years. And I feel so many of us on this planet are walking around with a contracted butt because we don't dare to relax. We don't feel safe. We don't feel held. And it causes this survival, survival uh, mechanism. And I was one of them, you know, Mm. and I can still feel the layers of that in me relaxing. Like sometimes my partner laughs at me and I, I am maybe holding back to buy something. And he's like, girl, you're making over six figures. Like you can afford this, like, $100 $100 thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Tesla, Tesla. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think I'm still, yeah, I still have parts of me that need to realize that fully. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole, as you spoke actually, um, three months ago, I ran out of money again through COVID. And I was feeling exactly what you're feeling this tightness in my body. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I was almost in a, in a panic attack, like I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. And as I share the story, it's like, do I end my life? Because I, I, I kind of have been living this since the beginning of COVID. Do I go to the doctor, get medicated? Like I just wanted to put the weapons down and lie on the ground and die. 
And I looked at my yoga man. I'm like, sit the fuck down. And Wim Hof said, breathe, motherfucker. <laughs> so I, I went on a hundred minute breathing session. And when I came out of it, there was a space in me. And it was really weird because in that spaciousness, the outer world didn't change, but there was a space in me which could breathe. And like, because when I, and I discovered when I was stressed, I couldn't get creative. There, there was like, there was, there was no vision for a way out, nothing. And everything I was mm -hmm. doing before the breathing was fear-based. So let's send out a hundred LinkedIn messages, but it was all like yeah. numbing and, ah, and I've been dedicating to that hundred minutes and through that a new business also evolved. I am nowhere near where you are, but I do see that creating, finding ways to, uh, finding ways to create space in myself worked for me and being even at peace. And for the first time I even asked, uh, Hey, can you loan me money? Because in the past I wouldn't even do that. I, like better be homeless than even ask for help. So yeah. that that's a little bit where I am. And probably I might, I, I would love to talk to you after the sh not today i'm in cyprus but uh i'm i'm feeling excitement to actually work with you mm. if, if you want to have another man in your realm because i want to work with people who i trust and mm. i feel that they're for me and not this and that's what mm. i that's what i've got since i've known you photographed you and now being here with you nice <laughs> yeah i would love to work with you and the guy yeah. next to you also uh, the guy next to you he's he's actually the one that helped me uh overcome my own fears of being a photographer in 2014. like mm. i did I, i didn't have an education nothing to hold on to and he's like you need to state it put a price and just do it and that's actually uh uh the guy next to you that helped me uh manifest my wow. business yeah. wow yeah and you do that work so beautifully we've done so many photo shoots together over the last few years yeah. huh? i don't even know how many but many yeah 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 when, i feel so, curious bombos like when you had that moment i feel curious how that went for you when you had that moment where you made space for all that panic or that survival or And there was this space and what, like, how did that next wave of creativity come in or how did that new business come in? Or like, what was that next step after that? Because I feel it's such a key moment also for the ones who are listening, such an important process of how to meet those moments of survival and fear. Yeah. Well, what I saw when I was in the panic mode there, it's also backed with a lot of shame and a lot of, I should not be in this space. I'm for mm -hmm. the stories. I'm 44 years old. I should da, 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 da. And now like, what do I do? Give up, go back home and live with my mother. <laughs> like that's, that's, I'd rather die. That was the, that was the dialogue. Mm -hmm. And through the, through the breathing, It, because I also went extreme, I, I put a timer on for a hundred minutes. That's what my intuition said. And I didn't leave 
And I did the so-called four, seven, eight breath. Breathe in four, hold seven, release eight. What I saw was, oh, I can see the thoughts and the stories, but I didn't feel the impact on my body anymore. Mm -hmm. So it was really for me to separate myself from a story that I was creating about the reality I was living. Mm -hmm. And breath is what worked for me. And I'm not saying it works for everyone, but it's what I had to do. It, It felt like if my life depends on it, then there's what I'm going to fucking do right now. Beautiful. Yeah. My compass point is if I'm taking action from fear, stop, breathe and reset. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I really feel that. And I made that agreement also with myself in that first darkness retreat. Anytime when I feel myself moving from survival or the need to control or that fear, stop whatever I'm doing. I don't care what I'm doing. Just stop and make space for that. For me, it really helps to welcome that that emotion or that energy to move through my body. And and then it, it just opens in another layer of space. And naturally, it pulls in something that I was actually longing for. Yeah. I remember coming out of my darkness retreat, that, that same retreat, and sitting on the terrace in Mexico, not having any money on my bank account, zero. This was 2018. I didn't have the money to buy my ticket back home to Amsterdam. And I was in full panic. I was like, shit, I really don't have the money right now. And just, I remember making space for all that fear and all that like panic energy. And just that same space was there suddenly, exactly the space that you're describing, Bambos. And I remember looking at my phone and I had four signups for my course in Amsterdam, which was exactly the amount I needed to pay my ticket to Amsterdam. So I feel it's like these moments are actually the portal into that next evolution that we are longing for. As long as we don't reject or don't like, yeah, shame ourselves. Or when we do shame ourselves, that we welcome the shame as well, you know, that we give space for that wave. I have to point this way. Andy, Andy actually says the same thing. Like uh, beginning of COVID, I did go to Eco Plaza, which is the organic supermarket. I bought stuff. I was buying stuff, put it in the basket. I go to the cashier. There was no money on my card, zero. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I looked at the cashier I'm like, I was red. I, I felt I shut down and I went, I put everything back on the shelf and I left. And then we had to come to the podcast and I came on the podcast and I was completely and he and Andy felt me of course and we we actually had the conversation on the podcast and uh, I, I was just crying on a live show um, the, mm. and there was so much story and I, and I saw that the story I was holding was so strong that it was impacting my health also so Andy also told me when you get to a place where you go to Eco Plaza and you don't have money on your account and you can laugh at it, even go onto your onto your phone and make a Facebook post and say, ha, 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 life happens. <laughs> like that's the, spa- that, that's the space uh, where you get to celebrate the success as well as the success. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like you see both with the same love. 
and mm. that's that's really been uh, yeah, it's really been special. Yeah. So thank you, Andy, for that. And, and Nicole, when you when you speak, there's I see that you're speaking to the same thing. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You, we, you talked about it with money today. I I've had some issue with some some I don't know. It was January. I have like multifocals, and all of a sudden I couldn't drive anymore. I would get these dizzy spells behind the the wheel. I'm like I can't drive anymore. So um, so now. I just can't drive anymore and I don't care. So I can't drive anymore. And then maybe I'll lose my vision. Okay. That'll happen. And and then it'll just be, you know, this is just the process. So I'm laughing because things are as they are. And I, like, I just surrender to the process and sort of observe myself as I go through it. But I, um, you know, it, but if I say that to Ronnie, of course, my wife, she's freaking out, you know, or, or, or if I talk to somebody and they said, you can't do what you can't drive, you get dizzy. Like, aren't you, what, have you seen this doctor? Have you seen that? You know, and it's so funny. Like I'm thinking, wow, that's a, that's really heavy. You know, like, like, like the heaviness with which they um, are um, holding the uh, intensity of the situation is so much different. I'm like, Hey, I mean, I'm happy. I'm, I'm living the life. I'm really just grateful for every moment. Yeah. But, 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 and I'm just, and I hear that voice in my head, like, Oh, that's how it is when you're holding on even to life. Because there's a, there, it's it's also that intensity, like oh wow, I I I want to keep holding on as long as I can, and in mm. some ways, I also feel that surrender is also a lot more accessible in myself. Just, mm. yeah. well, that's, that's something that I really really love about you, Andy. This consistency in every area of your life, mm. like that's how you live. And yeah. and, I, and I and I've seen this guy go through like the world through shit at him. And he just stayed. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like <laughs> uh, the guy I talked to on the phone, the guy I talked yeah. to on the phone today that I told him this story, I just told you, he was really perplexed. Like I've got the same problem you do, but how is it that you for you so at peace with it? You know, it was that kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's so much love between you two guys. I feel like I'm in this yeah. warm bubble yeah. in the middle of this warm <laughs> yeah. bubble. Oh. But Andy, uh, I feel curious when you, so when you, because I feel that you're really good in surrendering, but one mm-hmm. thing that I have in my surrender is a lot of curiosity. So for example, when I do meet all these waves of fears or doubts, I have, I have this surrender. And in that I have this curiosity that wants to explore and dissect what is moving in me. And I feel curious because you say there, this thing that is happening with your eyes, there is surrender, but are you also curious and exploring that? Or it's just surrender oh and that, i mean that's it it's 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 uh it you're right it's curiosity but not fear-based curiosity and so like mm. oh this is curious you know like i went to pearl today to the pearl place which i could have done months ago but i'm like you know i should get this checked out so i go in and then it was really a funny moment because the guy uh <laughs> is really defensive before i show up he's already defensive and he's like you got these six months ago. You can't expect to. You can't expect to get a refund. You can't expect us to service this. And and I'm looking at him like uh, I'm not coming here to like get a refund. I'm talking to you about the situation. I'm, and he keeps going and going and going. And I'm laughing. I, he says uh, he said he says I understand you. And I said 
you don't understand a fucking thing. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Like, I'm coming to you because I've got screwed vision. I don't know if I have a brain tumor. What I'm coming to you is asking you, is this normal? Is it normal for people to have double vision and not be able to drive? That's what I'm here. You don't have to do a damn thing. Just help me. And it was just his face was like, oh, maybe I didn't understand. And then we had a really nice interaction, but it was hysterical. But for him, anyone coming in wants to get a refund, right? Because uh, whole predisposition was shoving me away when I'm like, I just want to have a nice talk. And and I learned a lot from him, by the way. He taught me like all these things I didn't actually understand about the glasses I was wearing. So it was very helpful, but humorous that they are primed in their brain to think every individual coming in is wants a refund for something where I didn't even have that in mind when I when I entered, you know? Yeah. Just a side story. Sorry. So, yes, I'm curious enough to go in and have the discussion, right? But and yeah. curious enough to tell the guy to stop being a jerk, but uh but like yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to get a, I'm not going to get an EKG anytime soon, you know. Like I'm not going to get my uh, my brain skull uh, examined. I'll just let it be what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Until something might happen, who knows. Yeah. Going back to I, I want to go a little bit back. Um mm-hmm. then the the Nicole what was your story about money before this happened evolved? Like what was your I know you said I make enough, but Yeah. What would my be the longing or yeah, my longing was always to make enough to do all the things I want to do. Hmm. And that was a big conviction I had. And I think one year ago I realized that that was actually blocking me f- to receive more than that. Hmm. So I think a big shift for me happened in the beautiful convictions I was having around money. Um so it was like I I am a conscious a conscious entrepreneur and like I I work for my heart so why should I charge these immensely high prices or um I am making enough to travel the world and do everything I want to do so why you know why more and I think the moment I released that something opened where I became available for a flow that apparently wanted to come but that I was at least partly holding back through those beautiful convictions. Yeah. And besides that I did carry some judgment towards some people that I saw making a lot of money. I found it all very glittery, very over the top. I didn't have a longing to be in $500 hotels or like, you know, I just didn't have those longings. And still I don't really. Um, but I am welcoming more bigger money flow now because I do see that I can build also a team from that. I see that I can, you know, my lifestyle is so much more effortless. I'm supporting beautiful projects that I want to support. So it I'm still exploring also everything I can do with with these new amounts of money. I'm not 100% clear yet, but um yeah. It makes a lot more possible. Hmm. Yeah. Can can you speak a little bit of because I know that you are also someone that's very connected in terms of channeling. To what degree did that part of you contribute to where you are? Mm. Well, I think that in the sense of channeling my higher self, I knew that it was the right moment to leap with investing in a coach with 
really going for that next up leveling. So I think I did have a very clear sense, very clear intuitive sense that there was enough ripeness to make that leap. Mm. I don't know if that answers your question, but that that's what comes up. Yeah. Thank you. Andy? Yeah. Yeah, when I when I hear you speak now, and, and it's funny about this, we've also had similar talks in regards to the, some of the things that are coming up uh, with Nicole. Uh, I, we had a talk where we had Peter Koenig. It's a, it's a, he's a, he, he, the illusion of money. It's our most watched show and all of the ones we've done on A Wonderful Chaos. And, and what was really beautiful about the show was that there was some degree – um, that show became a coaching session also for Bambos. Like halfway through, it was him interacting with Bambos. And there was that moment when when he asked, like, how much is enough for you? And I think Bambos said, well, if I only had this amount, which was not an exceptionally large amount, then everything would be great. And it was like such a small amount in my head. I'm like, oh, my God, if I had that in my account, I think, OK, that'll get me through maybe the year, you know. The, but like the, the 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 humor was that it's like, wow, so a perception of what not necessarily only a need, but an invitation for how much, like I would have said, if I were Bambos, Hey, if I have a million in the bank, all of a sudden, that's just a really great place to be. Bambos like, if I have 5,000 in the bank account, then I'm really feeling, you know, it's like, <laughs> what the fuck, you know, like, like, and, 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 and the reason why I highlight that is because there's a degree to which I see the, mental shift of the scarcity you know I, I i did a funny guru show where i played a guru type and um and mm. uh and i emulated in the in the concept i honed in onto was the financial guru saying you just have a scarcity mindset and if you just understood what a scare you know just playing that role but behind the joke or the humor there's also some truth in that when mm -hmm. your mind is primed to say I just need to get enough money to get through this month. I just need to get enough yeah. money to get through this month. It's totally yeah. different than saying, wow, how would life look like if I created everything I wanted and tried to find a way to make it work for me that's beyond just survival? It's a whole yeah. different spaciousness there. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I think for, for a long time, my, my, my dream income was to make 60000 a year. And I really like. I think my in-between goal was even thirty-six thousand, mm. because like in two thousand nineteen, my year income was I think around twenty or twenty-five thousand for the year. Um, and then the year after, so last year in six months' time, I made three times that. Mm. So it was so it was so confusing for my system also to go from that goal of. I would love to make 60,000 a year. That was like already beyond what I could imagine to then suddenly make more than that in six months time. Yeah. And it was a really, uh, well, like you said, like the mind opened into something that also feels quite normal now, but a year ago it felt really far away. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I noticed when Andy shared the story, um, like if I tell myself I want to make a million, there is a kind of tension image comes up, which is how the fuck do I get there? <laughs> like yeah. my mind, my mind, my mind. I, I just I just let myself go there. It's like oh yeah, my mind wants to figure out how to do that. So it it, it I I come to this part of the body as opposed to relaxing into it, which is what I I yeah. think I hear you say. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it helps that there is like kind of steps, even if it's big leaps, there is like in between steps because yeah. a year ago thinking about making a million, I would go, that would just sound like too far. And like, I wouldn't be able to ener- be able to energetically relate with that or something. Mm. Um, and now I feel I start to energetically relate to what that would feel like to make a million or how that would be possible. It's like, I start to energetically connect to that, um, which is a very new sense, but I feel sometimes there are these like, like in between steps. And that's when it helps me to have people around me who are already doing that just to energetically start to get to know how they vibrate into the world and what their, you know, how their mind works, how they, how they have their lifestyle arranged that I learn a lot from that, even before they speak just by the way they are being, it's a very powerful transmission. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, taking that even a step further, I think, you know, when we look at our kind of our blueprint, our financial blueprint, you know, there is so much that comes from how we were raised, how we saw our parents spend and use money. So how do you see that in your own life? So if you look back at your parents, where do you feel like you picked habits up from watching them spend money that did did or didn't serve you? Yeah. Well, I think especially on my, <laughs> I'm like, wow, are my parents watching? Yeah. I think especially my father's side of the family, they, they all earn good money. So they all had good jobs, made good amounts of money, but they are like, uh, like to save it so there is like my my grandfather comes from a very wealthy family and my grandmother comes from from a like not so wealthy family or more like towards like poor really struggling financially and they had babies together so you you have this like uh making a lot of money but still with a like mentality uh mindset yeah it's a very interesting combination so i you know i had i had family members who had like hundreds of thousands in the bank, but live in a house that is like really behind in maintenance or, so there is like a a scarcity mindset or an unsafety even with so much money in the bank. Yeah, that's one side of the family. And then, yeah, there's other stories on the other side, but there's many, many stories that I was working with in myself around that, to become more relaxed with money and to deepen mm. my relationship with money. It reminds me when I was a kid. Um, so uh, mom and dad had, you know, dad was Jewish and he was into finance and mom was Catholic, raised on a farm, the oldest of 13 kids and, you know, living a little bit more hand to mouth. So these two should never have gotten married, but they did. And I, it was very funny because as you know, we, there's three kids, I'm the youngest of the three and they decided to like go up and get the next level of house, which was a really prestigious house in a reasonably nice area in, in Los Angeles. And, and it was beyond like my dad's ability to afford at that time. But, you know, my mom somehow convinced him to get into this place. And so now he's living beyond his means. But what I saw was that this prestige and the showing that he had succeeded was so important to him that he would was ready to work his butt off to live the dream that, look at I made it, right? It was like his thing. And what never, never ceased to amaze me was that he had clients that he worked for 
who were very, very wealthy. Like, and my dad would only take a small percentage of the amount they would. So like one person, he, he, they released the soundtrack for ghost, the, the film. And that soundtrack was yeah. a gold, gold album. And my dad got like a small percentage of what this person got because he was basically helping on the back end of the financial management. Now, the person who made that big amount was living in this kind of shack-like house with furniture that he got from my dead grandma because we dropped it and shoved it into his living room. Mm. And and he's so he's got more money than he'd ever want to spend. And he's just living with the used furniture from my grandma that should have been thrown out 10 years ago. And my dad, yeah. basically only a fraction of the money that he has building this house that was way beyond probably at that time what he would, could have actually afforded. He had to kind of grow into it. But it was really amazing to me to see that those with more wealth that was just often had more freedom living really meagerly compared to the ones that wanted the, the prestige that were living to try to mm. impress others, which is just a really yeah. interesting thing to have experienced in my life yeah 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 wow and it can be sad in a way because my my uncle that i was now naming as an example he passed away two three two or three years ago and he had all that money you know and it made me really sad because i felt like wow there are so many things that he could have done with that and maybe in his maybe in his heart it was totally fine i don't know you know um but yeah, it just made me realize that I also had times where I then wanted to spend it all. You know, I went to the opposite of that also. Yeah. Um, and I think now I, I, I find myself quite balanced, of course, growing and learning and evolving in my in my own way. But I do feel like I, I have the ability now to celebrate myself after a big launch, like buy myself something really nice. Yeah. Um, but example. also to start saving now. Example, like the computer I'm on, now on, the iMac, I bought as a gift to myself after I my last that. launch because I built my business to a six-figure business on my 13-inch MacBook. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> and I remember one friend saying, she said, Nicole, you have a six-figure business. Don't you think it's time to buy yourself like a computer, like a like a normal screen that you can actually work on normally <laughs> instead of being like in this yeah. small screen like that. So that's wow. one example. Yeah. I've got a question yeah. from there, which adds another dimension to this. Um, yeah. So now that you earn money, you have the joy of this wondrous thing that's guaranteed in life. And there's two things guaranteed death and taxes. So how does it feel <laughs> that, Every, what was the first one? Death, death or death? Death, death. You're guaranteed death. of death and taxes. Those are the two things you're guaranteed of regardless of where you mm. are, what you're doing. So the question is, is how far in your earning have you started to say, what the fuck? I'm earning this much, but now so much goes to the government. What the, why am I working this hard if I'm only paying it to my taxes? How has that process yeah. been for you? Yeah, I, I noticed that this year, because I feel this year, it looks like I'm growing to multiple six figure. And then I I see these percentages that go to the tax. And I start to wonder, like, was my life better when I made 2K a month? <laughs> you know? Yep. Because <laughs> there is, yeah, I did 
yeah, it did bring me into a very interesting exploration of like, because now like I'm I'm having 15k months, 20k months, 30k months, and I I feel like I'm not super clear. I don't know if I have the answer yet, but I'm definitely in that exploration of seeing so much of it going to text. Yeah. I'd love to I share. also get a deeper understanding of people that are like hiding it from the tags or like yeah. trying to work their way around it. I'm suddenly like, ah, this is why they do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I understand them on a deeper level also because, yeah, do I then need to charge even more to have more money left or like, I, I it's a lot that goes yeah. to tax. Well, I'd like yeah. to share with you some way I view tax. And then this would just at least be something that maybe makes you feel more comfortable spending it. So okay. about every five years, I say to my wife, Ronnie, Ronnie, I'm going to get a new iMac. And she says, why do you need a new iMac? Because you just got your last one. I was like, baby, I just need another. I need it to be faster. I'm there all the time. And then I use this rationale on her. I say, babe, if I buy it, then basically you have to think about it is that I don't have to pay tax over that. So in a way, I'm actually, if, if it's a $5,000 computer, it's not really 5000 because it's 2500 because I'd have to pay half of it in tax anyways. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, and, then, and then I rationalize it down till where I say, baby, it's almost like I get the computer for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I did a little bit with this iMac. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I see that it's interesting in, especially living in a more socialized country like the Netherlands, in a weird way, they're very much incentivizing you to spend for the business because in saving, you actually are spending a lot in taxes. So at least that's what I've seen as my own behavior here because I'm more yeah. likely to spend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I am talking with friends about it. That help, helps me also, you know, because I do believe that I am able to create the same freedom I had before and the same fulfillment, like lifestyle-wise, before all this growth. And I am in the process of recreating that. And I do feel I want to keep going to the direction of expanding financially as well because I, I really enjoy the expansion. Yeah. Yeah. And not go like, not go like, oh shit! Now I, because of all this growth, I lost some of that freedom. Let yeah. let me go no, back to that. Contract no. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Let me explore how yeah. I can recreate that same freedom for me again. Yeah, I've often found, you know, because I'll be mentoring a lot of businesses that are kind of nonprofits that are growing stage by stage, and and one of the bigger challenges I've found is that the mentality of scrapping it and just getting it like to work. It works really well at some size, but when you want to grow, you, you you do what you're now doing is you get people as assistants to come in, but they now cut down how much you earn as your net profit because, of course, they cost something. So now you have to grow a bigger business in order for, for you to be able to support those two and build. So there's this liability that you bring in each time you you level up, but in a weird yeah. way. Um, the system forces you to do that in some ways, you know, until you do what I do, which is like I've really reduced and I take very few clients and they're corporate clients. And in general, it's like I've said, OK, my time is worth this. And now I get to walk four hours a day. And that's more important to me than um, than scaling up at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 
Hey guys, I just want to say, like, we touched upon so many things. Like, can we like reap some of the wisdoms of our conversation? I feel like I I feel a longing for that as we because I'm imagining we're closing. Yeah, I, I, mean, I just feel curious. You like, you've said so many came, things. Do you, I I have things that came up for me as sort of meta level themes. I don't know. A lot of times we close off, we say goodbye to you, and then we talk about those things off air or not off air. We talk about them, but let's leave you on air, and then we can discuss them together. Nice. I would like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what what I see in you is when you told us earlier on the show, you said, I shaved my head. I basically allowed myself to rediscover after a toxic relationship who I wanted to be. It's almost yeah, like that relationship was not toxic. It was another relationship. Oh, this okay. one, no, it was just a, oh, okay. a different life vision. <laughs> just to not like we don't, want to throw, anyway. we don't want to throw him under the bus. Sorry. Sorry <laughs> no, about you. <laughs> yeah. My, my bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, just sorry. I have to share another story. We had a guest on and I knew her when she was together with a man. Um, and then she left that man and was with another man. And then she came on our show to discuss the relationship she had with this abusive man. And I thought it was the man I knew that whole show. So it was the <laughs> funniest moment. That man then comments on the show or something like, Andy, you do know it's not me. <laughs> like, uh, like just to make well, sure because i'm hearing that you think it might be me and it was a really beautiful moment so we're going back it. to that again um but getting yeah. back to getting back to the the thing what i what i sensed was it was almost like i'm allowing myself to be whatever i'm meant to be and i'm not going to put constraints on it and that's what i felt in that act it felt like a rebirth and um and and I know that of myself because as you spoke, I sold everything I I owned at one point, started in Amsterdam from zero, and I didn't try to make money. I tried to find the life that I felt I was congruent with, and then I was part of that congruency was that money found me in time, and yeah. I, I was far more interested as I hear you were and. How do I want to be in the world? How do I want to connect with people? So it was, the journey wasn't how do I make money? The journey is how do I want to evolve and how do I want to be? And through that, there was a magnetism that I see in you. And I also have to say I recognize in myself that people wanted to be with me and they wanted to give me money. And I found a way to embrace the aspects of myself that weren't able to embrace that money, which I see you have also done. And, uh, and, and, and that just became a life that became very, I would say in flow. And, and I can't deny that, you know, that there's aspects of what you also said, where you pointed out that you had influences where you saw people with wealth in your environment, you saw people with money. And I can't deny that that being around wealth I was being educated because I was comfortable with wealth and I was comfortable with being around people with money and having money. And I also know when you haven't been raised with that influence in your life, it also has an influence you're not one isn't aware of. So I I believe that that's an advantage that you and I had, even if we weren't with wealth around us in terms of like directly, we saw and we experienced what it was. A, and that gave us a greater idea of what money feels like in the world, how it looks. And, and that served me my whole life. And uh, I don't want to yeah. deny 
that privilege aspect of it. There is a privilege mm. to that background that you can't uh, you can't deny. I don't, I'm not going to deny that. So that's yeah. that's what I feel in your journey as you spoke through it today. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, that feels good. Yeah. And I think it's hard. Bambo said it earlier on, is that as people listen. There'll be, you know, it's, and I know we can't make brain left and right because we know how complex it is, but more masculine, determined energy, more linear thinking, they want to know how to make six figures. And, mm. and, and shave your real, head. Yeah, exactly. Shave your head and go to a, <laughs> a, 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 a blind uh, 12 day retreat. Um, and, and the weird the, Dark, the hard, darkness, Andy, darkness, darkness. <laughs> darkness. Um, the hardest thing that, that, that it, it, I can't. I can't share it, and obviously, you will. You embody it, and and I and I would see the challenge is how do you help someone say it's your journey? It's not about getting the money. It's about making mm-hmm. peace with everything you are, so that everything emerges from you, and it's a natural yeah. consequence. It sounds so airy fairy <laughs> that if you try to explain it to somebody, they'll say, "Oh my God!" It sounds like you're uh, you watch too much of The Secret or something. But but mm-hmm. I don't I don't know any other way. When we spoke before you came on, I already recognized it. Uh, you recognize it in a second in a person. Yeah, yeah. And, and I recognize. Well, I it think there is one thing we can do, and that is to follow that intuitive guidance. Like follow what makes you come alive in each moment, and and lean into your edge in that. You know, like go out of your comfort zone and and like live in your stretching zone, like lean into that edge, follow that intuitive guidance. And then I feel our mission or our business will find its natural size, whatever that is meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that, that's beautiful. That, that would be the principle of living in general would be to what degree can you invite a little bit more of discomfort so you can expand out as far as you can till you need to contract a little bit and then you expand out and that, 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 yeah. that, that, that thing. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There was one last thing you said that we didn't touch on, which was that like your your sphincter being contracted and holding, right? That, that experience. Um, I, I had that experience most of my life. And like you, I didn't know that I was holding myself so tightly because I was so stressed out. So (laughs) it's weird because like a fish in water, you don't even know you're so high strung because you don't know how it could feel different. So um, part of that journey of that release, um, I experienced was there was almost ability to access more of the deeper, the deeper pain because there wasn't holding in terms of my body holding. So uh, Mm -hmm. I I see that's a hard thing for people to, to feel like what does life look like in a way that I've never experienced it, right? It said, how do you know the thing you don't know? But I would say, Ninety five percent of the people that I'll interact with, I feel them holding immediately. And, and and I've even seen people really good at you're holding it in your throat or you're holding it in your stomach or you're holding it in your sphincter or whatever. Like there's some people who do read that holding very well. But I do feel like in order to allow the abundance that you're speaking from, there is a degree to which there is a release and then kind of things flow your way because you release into it. And uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. another hard thing to describe but when you feel it you know it yeah. and, and it doesn't mean the thing that's flowing is what you think you want but it's going to be exactly what you need in that moment yeah yeah i love that yeah yeah 
Beautiful. And that's the power of that unwinding, right? Like what really helps me in that is to ask myself what feels most nourishing, like what feels softening. And and that's the thing that relaxes my body and has me surrender deeper to that deeper intelligence that is yeah. that has got my back, that is carrying me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, and, and can you, and if people want more information about the retreats, where do they go? Yeah, they go to womenofancientfutures.com. Beautiful. All my women, events are up there. Women, women of, of ancient, ancient futures. Fantastic. I love Thank it. you, Nicole. Send you a lot All of love. Right. It's a wonderful chaos. We like it down.